Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 74. This podcast is sponsored by Generation UCAN, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first order. That's generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Listeners of the Breaking the Barrier podcast can now also enjoy a 10% discount on these Spartan races. All you have to do is go to spartanrace.com.au and enter any race that you want and enter the code Breaking the Barrier upon checkout when entering for that race and you will receive 10% off. That's spartanrace.com.au and use the coupon code Breaking the Barrier. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. We're coming to you from the Breaking the Barrier podcast headquarters where if uh, a world virus breaks out and we're first forced to stay here for the next two weeks, we're fine. Yeah, we've got one roll of toilet paper and I I bought a case of water today just just for shits and giggles. We put on a fresh pot of coffee before. Oh, yeah. I've got half a pack of toilet tissues in my running bag. Dude, we're set. My battery on my phone's at 40%. I got two guitars that I can't play. Excellent. By the end of this, we'll be masters. Nice. We're good to go. Bring it on, world. Bring it on. So, this week, what are we going to talk about? We're going to go around the grounds a little bit, yep. touch on a lot of things that we've been talking about over the last few episodes that have started to come yeah, together. a lot of just... stuff is happening in the last week. Like, everything's just blown up either we were a little bit too early on them but now they're really hitting uh we can give you an update on how they've gone indeed want to do the shout outs as per normal and then yeah we'll see where we go depending on the time we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today so we might even break this into two episodes we'll see how we feel totally Mm. well okay so we're going to give these shout outs to those members of the breaking the barrier community who are going above and beyond starting with longtime listener marty marty had this to say in the breaking the barrier community group i have the gate river run in jacksonville florida this saturday It's the USA 15K Championships. I'm sure I won't place, but I'm shooting for a PR. I hope to finish with a sub 9 minutes per mile pace for the first time of any distance longer than 5K. The rest of the month, I will be building my endurance for my late April marathon in Big Sur, California. Awesome, Marty. So by now, you... Check the numbers. Should be good. Should be. You should be there. Our... We need the research department. Yeah. Freaking Brendan's not here. Okay. Indeed. Well, Marty, if you haven't yet hit it, uh, good luck. But I I feel like you haven't yet because it's still Friday in the States, and I'm pretty sure that was for this Saturday, as in today. So it should be tomorrow. We should be getting an update. Indeed. So really looking forward to that. Really, you've been putting in the Ks, and I think that that's just... That is such... I was talking to Andy, actually, about this, and we were talking about people who constantly run really fast that... You, you never see them do speed workouts, yep. but because they're putting in, not I'm not saying, Marty, that you don't do speed workouts, but just because they put in the Ks, all of a sudden that speed's there. Yep. Like, I think we've all hit PBs like the week after a marathon sometimes Correct. or two weeks after. And so sub nine minute mile, that's a 535 Five. kilometer. Yep. So that's a good pace. That's a sub four hour marathon, I think. Oh yeah, that's because so, that, a, a four hour marathon would be 907 per yeah. mile. That's about a 542. Yeah, kilometer? something like yeah. that. So well done, Marty. Totally. Hopefully you've hit that goal. Can't wait to hear an update. Indeed. Um, talking about speed work, uh, shout out to Mark from WinFit. Uh, congratulations. Something that he's been knocking on the door of for the last couple of months. He, this month, took out the Hobson's Bay 5-kilometer handicap. Awesome. That's a race, folks, where depending on your recent races, they set you off at a certain time. Mm. And the whole idea is that if they've handicapped everyone correctly, you all sort of kind of finish at the same time and it's yep. first past the post. So, 
Mark's been running really well at the moment, and they set him a time. He took off and finished first out of everyone. So That's congratulations, amazing. Hobson's Bay, really competitive local running group yeah, as well. They've I did good one runners. race in Hobson's Bay, and I won't. Again, <laughs> no, that that's really great, Mark. Like because Mark's been struggling with so mm. much, like uh, uh, soreness and, and injury in the past. He's gotten really year. smart with his training. I yeah. think he reached that a point a couple of months ago where he overtrained a little bit, and since then he's been sort of you know walking the walk, talking the talk, practicing yeah. what he preaches, and, and really staying on top of things. So way he's go, strong. Man. And I think he did a thirty k the day after setting that PB Jesus. last week. So well done, Mark. Awesome great effort. Job. This shout-out goes to Wendy. So I wanted to talk about this because Wendy has uh, had had a great thing to say in the uh, Breaking the Barrier community group, and it kind of puts those you know goals into perspective that you don't always have to go big or go home. Wendy had this to say, Small goals to start. A full week at work, catching an earlier train a couple of times a week, then bigger and better. Start running a kilometer of the morning walk and start catching up on distance goals. This month, I've just got to start. So what that says to me is that she's just putting into perspective. It's like it's that old thing where if you look at a goal, don't look at the end game. Take it day by day. Like I was talking to somebody about this before. I think, again, Andy maybe. And it's like when you run a marathon, you're not thinking about kilometer 42. You're thinking about the kilometer that you're in. You're thinking about what's happening. And that's the best way to do it because if you're thinking about kilometer 42 – at kilometer five, it's going to hurt a whole lot more. Yeah. So I mean, we did a, I did a whole episode on just how hard it is to start wending, and it doesn't matter if you've done it before or you're starting again. It's just getting back out there and taking that first step is so critical. So well done. You've got all of us behind you. If you need any help, just shout out at a park run or drop something on the community, and we'll all be there to, to give you what you need if we can. Totally. Shout out for me, for someone we spoke about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to make sure that he's prepared because he might be in the middle of a gym workout and I don't want him to hurt himself. (laughs) So it's coming in three, two, one. Buddy C. Evans, congratulations, mate, on completing the Little Rock Marathon in three hours, 55 minutes. Wow. That is fantastic. I think last time we mentioned Buddy on the podcast, he was in the middle of a gym workout. Yeah. Nearly hurt himself. Yeah, we should, his yeah. Name. Sorry, buddy. So we've given you the count in there, buddy. So if you're <laughs> sitting underneath a squat rack right now or you've slipped off the back of a treadmill, that's on you. We probably should have told him who the count was for. Because now he's just like, listen to this. We have a shout out for somebody. See, I'm so egotistical that if I heard that on the podcast, you'd I, think it was or, you. Oh, they're going to okay. talk about yeah. me. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah so, okay. so, buddy, talk yourself up a bit. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but well done. 355. Amazing. That's great. I remember the first time I went under four hours for a marathon, and it was just like, yes, yeah. finally. It's amazing. Yeah. And he's now, he, I think he's going to start putting in some. Uh, he's going to start building his mileage up for a 50K now. Yes, that's what I heard. Yeah. So fantastic. That's the thing. Once you've done a marathon, buddy, it's easy, isn't it? Indeed. Let's get onto a 50. Seriously, let's do some work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're right. Great job. And you have one more too. Oh, that's right. Breaking news, breaking news. I just heard this morning, Daryl Smith went away to Lakes Entrance Park Run and has set a PB at Park Run for the first time in a while. Oh, snap. 22 minutes, 17 seconds. Wow. So congratulations, Daryl. Although he was trying to work out, was he more excited by setting a PB for the 5K or the fact that two people actually congratulated him for wearing watermelon shorts? Oh, I think the watermelon shorts. Uh, that's why I said. He's gotten a PB before, yeah. so he knows how that yeah. feels. No one has ever congratulated him on those watermelon no, shorts No, and you know what? Before. He like loves those watermelon shorts. He wore 
for them for your for your backyard ultra. Yeah, absolutely. It's for like, like eighteen hours. It's like yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like they're the socks that the athlete never washes for good mm. luck. So don't yeah. get too near him when he. They're fantastic. Between his watermelon shorts and his sporty shorts. Between his watermelon shorts and his spotty shorts. <laughs> his spotty shorts? Spotty shorts. He's very fashion conscious, Daryl. Scratch and sniff. Yeah, plus he's got his ugly Christmas running jersey as well. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah I've seen that one. So, yeah, it's a Technicolor dream. Indeed. Yeah. Like Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. Yes. I got nothing. Good talk. <laughs> all right. Well, congratulations to all those members in the Breaking the Barrier community who are going above and beyond. Remember, if you want to check out what some of those members are doing, check out the Facebook community group. I had about five people join last week, which is amazing. So if you're one of the newbies, don't be afraid to post anything about your journey. Like, we love it when people post about themselves. Like, brag. Just do it. It's not going to come out as cocky or arrogant. We want to see what you're doing. I love it when when people post about what they're doing. It's great. Dean's really good at that. Uh, Maria's really good at that for posting for other people because I think some people are a bit shy. But don't be shy. Come on out and play. It's a weird thing to say, but do that. That is odd. Indeed. Let's let's move on. What's up with you? What's (laughs) on the training agenda? Um, Update corner. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got the, um, the rotary run next week. So, Ah. but I'm kind of falling into that trap that you were talking about last week is I'm not feeling my running at the moment. And I think it's because I've come off so many events in the past few months that my body's just tired. My mind is tired. Like I went on a speed workout the other day and it was supposed to be um, 10 times 1,000 meter repeat. So, you know, basically a 10K, but Mm. with with a minute, uh, with 60 seconds rest between each uh, kilometer and but was, you would have ran each of those kilometers faster than you would have if it was yeah. in the middle of a 10k well yeah, yeah exactly so I, I i would have gone just slightly uh quicker than my 10k pace uh because you know i knew that the rest were coming but yeah. i tell you what man i got through three of them like i did my uh 3k warm-up yeah and then i did three of the repeats and i was just like dude forget it like do you know what i mean like i was just tired physically my, so it was physical and mental yeah i just mm. wasn't there i did I did go that night and I did another uh, five repeats just, yep. just to get some Ks under me. Uh, and those felt a little bit better, but granted, I did those on the treadmill. But yeah, man, it's just like... You're in that lull, I'm in that lull. flat spot. Yeah, which is bad because I have a race coming next week, yeah. which is not a good thing. Which might not be a bad thing if you rest a little bit. You yeah. might be, yeah. If you're feeling physically tired, it that's, might be that you feel a little bit better for the race. That's it. And I've, I've taken the past three days completely off oh, running. Really? Like I haven't run, or two days, two or three days. I haven't run. I haven't gone to the gym. Just like letting my body do its thing. How are you feeling about that? Um, I'm feeling... I don't know. It's weird. Whenever I don't go to the gym or run for a couple of days, I feel like I've, I know I haven't, but mm. you just get into that m- moment where you're just like, oh, I just don't feel great. I feel kind of gross. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel rested. Yes. Like I slept for 12 hours last night. Yeah. I, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that's what's happening at the moment. Uh, so I'm not loving running yeah. uh, to put it uh, in your terms I'm not loving running right now but I know that with the with the break and once the next couple of races are done yeah. and I know I'm, I'm not needing to train hard for something I think I'll be able to take a little bit more of a rest mm. but so what are you thinking about for next week with the 10k because you were you went under 47 yeah well, I, the, I, I went just over 47 just over 47 at, at, at Australia Day and so that's kind of where I was trying to go 47 or just under mm. Uh, next week and i don't know i don't know if it's going to happen i'm just going to show up and 
do my be- yeah, yeah, I'll just do my best, and I'll know within the first couple Ks if it's if yeah. it's there. I mean, it's with a 10K. Yeah. If you're at the 4K mark and you haven't hit that 20 minutes, then you, you know it's not, not yeah. happening. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Andy's running that, and we're kind of having a bit of a, you know, get the measuring tapes out, and we're going to race a little bit. Has there been a formal wager? Um, no. Would you like me to facilitate a formal wager? Okay. Should we do actual measurements? Ah. No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So maybe something different. Okay. Maybe something different. Okay. Yeah. No. But you know, it's. It, I'll probably. I'll probably find a lot of motivation when I'm running with him. I think so. He's, because he. You know. He's great at that. He's motivating generally. Exactly. Yeah. And knowing that I'm racing, kind of quote unquote racing against mm. him, I'll probably up my game a little bit. I'll get some adrenaline. Mm. I might break his leg. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some, something will tip in my <laughs> wait what you know that's called premeditated when you say it on a podcast beforehand oh, okay. and do it a week later well if I don't break his leg I'll do something else and then all of a sudden it's something else that's just as bad oh yep shit <laughs> I thought that only counted toward manslaughter or murder no no oh, no premeditated is murder manslaughter is not premeditated I think if you're going to break his leg it's still considered quite serious oh yeah <laughs> well that's silly I thought you two were friends we are okay um, do you think, what's your tactics for the 10K? Because I know that you went out with Brendan on the mini episode this week yeah. and did a speed workout yeah. and you showed him the value of being patient yeah. and not going out too fast. That's it. Do you think you and Andy will kind of keep pace with each other for the first six or seven Ks? I think probably, yeah. but I think we'll have to start out at our pace that we want to hit. So for both of us to do a, 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 a sub 47, it's around a 440 kilometer yep. or about a 730 mile. Uh, and I think we'll have to start out there because exactly what you're saying, if you start out pacing yourself, it's not like a marathon. You, there's no place to make that time up. No. Um, I mean, s- slightly, but I think we'll have to, I think we'll have to go out right away at that. But that being said, I think at Rosebud, I did take a couple of K's at like 4.30 pace. Mm-hmm. Probably I won't do that because... I was probably struggling a little bit toward the end of that race a little bit more than I would have liked to. Took a bit out of you yeah. more than you wanted. Yeah. yeah. I mean I still I still finished strong and I still finished with a quicker K than But this my... course has that hill at yeah. the end with yeah. like eight hundred meters to go, you go up that hill that we do hill work on with Winfit. Yeah, so it's is... not a little hill, no. it's an up and down hill. I hate that goddamn thing. Yeah. So whoever the Purcells will, because it's called Purcell Hill, whoever the Purcells were, we don't like you. Why'd no. you put that hill there? They're, Seriously. They're probably dead. Probably. Yeah. That's awkward. <laughs> Maybe they're under the hill. Jesus. <laughs> There's a lot of them. That's dark. We apologize to any Purcell people listening to the podcast. Yeah. We might edit this out, actually. <laughs> Probably we won't. No. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and then after the 10K next weekend? After the 10K next weekend, I have a bit of a... Well, I have one week of... Re- uh, not rest, but I have one week where I have no event. Yep. And the following week, I have the age group... Spartan Sprint, yep. and then the Spartan Hurricane on the Sunday. Okay. Um, and then after that, I think the, the the week after is the Geelong Half. Right. So the bang, ne- bang, bang, bang for yeah, you. Yeah. Great time to not like running. I know, right? <laughs> and it's been bang, bang, bang for the past, like, I think in the past couple months, I haven't had really more than a couple weeks without an event. And I think learning experience, mm. probably don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said for putting an event in so that you've got a goal sitting out there. Yeah. But if you suddenly smash three events in over four weeks, you've got nowhere to go. Exactly. Feel That's like hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just can't, yeah. 
It's tough though because you see those early bird entries come out. Get the early bird number. Save fifteen dollars. And it's only fifteen. It's like but free you know postage what? and yeah. you get your name on the bib. That's why I do it. I mean, the free postage. Yeah. Because you know I hate going and waiting in line, so I'd rather get that stuff sent to me. Mm. Like the Geelong half, they I got my bib like two months ago. Yeah. And that's crazy. I'll lose it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it really in terms of my updates. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much else happening. Do I? I don't think you do. No. Let's see how long we can just go thinking and I must, yeah. quiet. I'm trying to remember what I read on your calendar out there, if there's anything. I know Andy and Maria put cock party, but... But Andy and Maria are mean. Yeah. But awesome at the same time. I oh I'm 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 house sitting for them in a couple of weeks, so you, oh, okay. you better believe that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do some stuff to their house. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'll be around. Otherwise, we could have done B two B there. Oh yeah, because you're the in spa. Yeah, but that'd be actually awesome. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That's just like B two B aquatic. Indeed. Yeah. There's another segment. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I might have to come back early for that. I reckon yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, mm. sure. Wait, that that's a work trip. No, no, that's a, that's a pleasure, pleasure trip. Pleasure trip. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think uh, the fam would appreciate that. No, probably not. But yeah. you know, whatever. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it. The that's only the the only thing that I'm seeing on my calendar right now in my head is your brim bank on the twenty second. Yes, so I've got that coming up. Not not this week, not next week, but the week after. Yeah, I think is the brim bank fifty. Which... Oh, that that's the one week that I don't have anything on. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah awesome. Yeah, that works out. <laughs> that worked out well. We timed that well for content. Indeed. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So now I've got the um, the brim bank fifty coming up on the twenty second, uh, and then after that, like literally four or five days later, I head off to Thailand for holidays, and then, yeah. which I think is going to be good for me. I'm really, to the point I made last week and the point you expressed then, I'm really not enjoying running at the mm. moment. I'm actually thinking about not running when I'm in Thailand yeah. for the two and a half weeks. Like just, take, like I might take shoes and I might go do a gym workout if it feels like it, but I'm not going to plan to run. Mm. Like I think I would have four weeks ago said, all right, what's at each of the locations that I'm going to? Where can I run? Yeah. Where is there any segments that I could go check out? I'm actually really like almost limping to the finish for this 50K. Yeah. Um, just really struggling to get out there. I did something. I um, I deleted Strava this week. Did you? I deleted Strava. So wait, I just created the B2B yep. Strava group and you're I, not on it anymore? One of the last things I did was uh, register for the B2B Strava group, but I took Strava off my phone. I, at first, I in the morning, I turned notifications off yeah. and I moved it on my phone to a subfolder so it wasn't on like my main desktop. Yeah. And then I went out and did a run and synced it to Garmin and then straight away, like on autopilot, went and checked Strava to see what it was. And I was like, oh, that's not what I need right now. Yeah. So I've actually stopped Garmin and Strava syncing to each other. Yeah. So I'm still updating everything to my Garmin. I'll still be able to see all my stats and but track all my stuff. But I'm just not putting it onto Strava. I yeah. was just not getting any good energy from Strava. No, at fair all. enough. And you know what? I haven't. I haven't. I mean, I haven't deleted it. But I, other than the create the group. By the way, there's a breaking the barrier running group on Strava now. I haven't checked Strava in such a long time. So mm. if you're all out there and wondering why I'm not liking or giving you kudos, I, I'm not even going on Strava anymore. Yeah, and so if you're wondering why I'm not, if you think I've stopped running because you're only following me on Strava, um, no, definitely not the case. But I was just finding that. Every little the things that used to give me healthy competition from Strava, yeah, I was not interpreting as healthy competition, yeah. and I don't think that people were doing anything different than what they normally do, but I was interpreting it that's, in a very negative way. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's all it's all 
It's all, I'm pointing to my head, everybody at home. Uh, it's all a mental, it's all that mental game. It's that Strava game. Yeah. Um, I, I was finding like the, the setting of my individual goals, the going out and getting them, the checking where I was, the looking at what other people that I know were doing, the seeing how other people were even talking about their <laughs> runs when I wasn't even at runs. Yeah. I was just interpreting it all through like super negative prism and yeah. it just was not helping at all to the point where I was like, I feel like that was part of the reason why I wasn't enjoying running. Yeah. Like I wasn't psyched to go. I was talking to Daryl about it. And I'm like, I'm not psyched to run at the moment because I, I am feeling sore. Like I got a couple of little niggles that I'm not getting over right now. Okay. That's but good. then I just wasn't finding any positive reinforcement from running yeah. either. Like I think I just need to go do solo runs for a bit. Yeah. Like fair just enough. run by myself yeah. and just get back into a love with running for me. Mm. Not because it's part of a broader social thing. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm, the running community is great and all that sort of stuff, but it was just felt like a little too hard work to run in a running community at the moment. Yeah. I just kind of want to go do it by myself. This yeah. this is this is, this is is all, from our point of view, very motivational, I'm sure, for our listeners. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, you must be feeling awful because you said before, hey, are you running after this? I'm, I'm like, like yeah. yeah. Oh, can I come run with you? Yeah, sure. That's come great. I don't feel awkward no, now at the, all. But this is me. Like, I, In fact, yeah. even part of the self-realization was putting it out there that this is not what anyone else is doing. Yeah. This is just how I'm interpreting it right now. And I think that's for people in the community. And I spoke about this a while ago, which is if you're going to you know, decide to get into running or up your running and you find that getting motivated by people is an enormous thing, sometimes you, know, you can't have that be the only thing. That's You've right. got to be able to do it by yourself. And what I was finding is that I wasn't being motivated to do it by myself and I wasn't getting what I needed from running with mm. other people and I kind of needed to go, well, what's the one thing I can control? And the one thing I can control is getting up, running by myself, clearing my head on a long run, getting that mindset right. Yeah. So, so yeah, so big decision for me. I'll, I'll, I've turned off Strava. We'll see how I go. I might turn it back on in a couple of months' time. Yeah, because you, did you delete your account or you just No, my the account's app? still there. Okay. I just... I haven't taken taken the app off my phone either. Oh, but nothing, just, okay, nothing yeah. syncing to it. Gotcha. So, for instance, my Garmin and my Strava are out this week okay. in terms of Strava says I've done this many kilometers and Garmin says I've done this many because yeah. I just stopped syncing stuff to Strava now. And I think yeah, that's good. I'll still be able to see my runs and track my runs and track my personal stuff. But for now, I'm I'm going to stay off Strava for a bit. Nice, yeah. good choice. Hmm. I like it. Bold decision. Yeah. Rock on. And if you want to hear more about our thoughts on Strava, episode 44, the Strava game, where we had Simon join us as well. Was that a guess or did you know that? No, I knew that. That number? Yeah, because it was funny. There was actually a guy on the Marathon Maniacs Facebook group this week talking about, hey, for people who aren't on Strava, what do you use? And I said, oh, well, I've just literally disconnected Strava this morning and here's my reason. And he went, oh, that's really interesting. I'd like to know more. And I said, well, check out this podcast I did. Cool. Um, so if you notice a spike on episode 44, that's I'm gonna, the reason. Yeah, I'm going to look at it. Yeah. I'm going to look at it. Uh, because now, and this, again, not a shout out for Anchor, but now that the podcast is on Anchor and the podcast is wherever podcasts are available, it's on like 12 platforms now, but you can actually go back much more easily and check out the numbers each week for an episode. So I'll be sure to... I often out. go back and share old episodes. Yeah. I think there's some really good evergreen content in there. Um, yeah, I think... See, I'm... I am so, like... Like, I'll post something on on the social media and then I'll be like, that was that would have been a really good opportunity to share an old episode that I did. And sometimes I do. And yeah. then sometimes I don't. Yeah. I think you can do it. I'll learn. Yeah. One day. 
All right. Well, is that is it? And do we have any more? No, I think that, I think that's an update from us. I think we can start to get into a couple of things. Where would you like to go? I'll give you three options to start. Okay. You can talk about the fifty-kilometer treadmill record. Yeah. You can talk about the Olympic trial results. Yeah. Or we can discuss COVID nineteen coronavirus and what's happening there. Well, let's save that for last. Save that one for last. Uh, let's okay. talk about the fifty k. Right. So. so. Yeah. Okay. So those of you who don't know, uh, basically, uh, in the last couple of weeks, the fastest 50k on a treadmill record has been broken uh, and it was actually broken for the second time this year this time by German ultra runner Florian Neuschwander who basically uh, ran this run at the Red Bull Athletes Performance Center in Austria this happened on February 27th so it's relatively new and it's just an insane time it's it's crazy he was shooting for the record of 259.03 that was set on the 14th of January by American Mario Mendoza. And he basically ran a two-hour, 57-minute and 25-second record, breaking the record by one minute and 38 seconds. 50 kilometers on a treadmill. On a treadmill. That's insane. The thing about treadmill running is it is unrelenting. There's yeah. When you're running outside, you've got different variables. You can choose to speed up, slow down. That's it. You know, you will find that your average speed over the course of a kilometer can vary by yeah. 20, 30 seconds. And you, There's no relief on a treadmill. No. You know, I find that when I'm out running in the on the roads, my, my pace is a lot better. My yep. run is a lot easier. Because, no, when you're on a treadmill, if you set yourself... I, I can run a, an average 520 pace for a, a mid-distance run outside, probably no problem. Mm. I do that same pace, oh. but you set it on a treadmill and what's that, like a like an 11.5 kilometer yep. pace or something, 11 point. You, you, you don't vary that. It feels so it much feels faster. It feels so much faster. It feels so much harder. I have a hard time running a sub-25 5K I have a hard time on a with, treadmill. I have a hard time with distance on a treadmill. Yeah. I just can't go past say five k's. No, I've the, the longest. I, I did a twelve point eight kilometer run on, a, on the treadmill a few weeks back, mm. and I was just like, "This sucks." I can't believe Peter Corbett last year when training for the marathon did like thirty k's on a treadmill as part of training one time, which is just insane. That's insane. Yeah, and this guy fifty kilometers, 50 kilometers. at a fast clip. That's a sub three hour fifty k. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's quick. I mean, that's. I mean, there are top athletes who can't do a sub three hour in a marathon. Exactly. Yeah. So he would have been through the marathon distance in something like a two and a half hours or yeah. something, which yeah. is a, a, a really solid marathon at the best of times. That's insane. Yeah. Fifty k on a on a treadmill. It's, oh. So it's gone down twice within twenty twenty. So yeah. if you're listening and you reckon you could have a crack at that, three times a charm. You know, nine months to go. Um, that's crazy. It's actually an interesting point. You know, in terms of treadmill running. PBs on a treadmill, do they count? Do they not count? So if you set a PB on the treadmill for a 10K and it was faster than your PB outside, does it count? Mm. Wow. That's a hard one, right? Like, obviously, for Guinness Records, it's specific. It's a 50K on a treadmill. It's, yeah, it's set as the indoor that, record. Right. Yeah. That is what it's supposed to be. But if you're just a you know regular average Joe runner and, say, you run a 47-minute 10K, but then yeah. you run a 46.50 on a treadmill... Yeah. Well... I mean, I would say for the elites, it won't count because I'm assuming that the outdoor 50 kilometer record is faster than this. So the outdoor 50 kilometer, as we know, as we know, is off the top of our heads. <laughs> indeed, there was no editing that happened whatsoever. No. Was a two hour 43 and 38 second um, time. So, so for the elites, it's pretty easy. Does the indoor 
PB count. No, because no. The, the outdoor is faster. You're right. But if you're an amateur person and you're like, I just can't yeah. run. Like, what's your PB? Like if somebody were to say to me, and this is hypothetical, I haven't yeah. run a 10K this fast, but I say if I've done a 46 on a treadmill and my outdoor is 47.18, if somebody says to me, what's your 10K PB, what do I say? Do you say 46 on a treadmill or do you just say 46? Yeah, exactly. Like would you say that you have two? Why do know. we think a treadmill is less? My instinct is, my instinct was it doesn't count. No, my instinct is that it doesn't count. My instinct is that it's easier, even though it's not. We just talked about how it's, it's not. You're right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, because then then you also, it's not easier, it feels harder, but then you also have that, technically, it's it's pushing you along. You're not pushing yourself. True. There is that. I mean, so I, why does it feel harder? Well, <laughs> I think the reason why it feels harder is because it's unrelenting. Yeah. But I think the other thing is that people would argue that a treadmill is a more controlled environment, mm. whereas oh, outdoors, yeah. you know, there's much like bears. What if you put a treadmill outside in the middle of a bear cave? Well, so yeah, so you're on the treadmill, so the pace is controlled, but yeah. you've still got the bears to factor with. I think that PB counts. But do the bears know that you're trying to set a PB? Because if they don't know, then maybe they leave you alone. But if the bears know, then and they're actively trying to mess with you, that's a whole different... So it's, it's Schrodinger's PB? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay. Yeah. So I think so. I think where we've landed is indoor <laughs> treadmill not counted unless there's bears. Right. Yeah. And you have to be in a cave, and they have to know yes. that you're doing a PB. Yeah. The bears have to have prior warning. Right. If they don't know that you're doing a PB, because if you're halfway through the PB attempt, and then the bears are like, "What's this guy doing?" and then they work out that you're trying to do a PB, they're like, yeah. "We lost half the time." Yeah. Exactly. So we can't. You can't fuck with. We want to go build a catapult. Go back. Exactly. You know. Right. So that's science. So basically, what that also means is no treadmill pbs in australia because we have no bears that's right yeah. i mean you, you you have buffalo apparently but, but they're not they're, native no, they're not so native. that doesn't count we have drop bears drop bears yeah shut up i know what a drop bear but then is. don't put the treadmill under a tree yeah exactly yeah. exactly that was fun interesting so that's yeah well it's an interesting um food for thought interesting food for thought my yeah my gut instinct is no treadmill pbs you, you if somebody asks you what your pb is it's your outdoor PB. well my PB. thing would, and if you're sitting there listening going with my pb on a treadmill is faster than my outdoor, then I think you should be inspired that you can probably do faster outdoor if you've got the right day and the right conditions and the yep. right prep and everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely have a look at that. Indeed. Mm. All right. Where would you like to go next? Um, uh, Olympic, Olympic trial trials. results. Yeah. So... I've got, a, I've got a, a wild card for you as well I'll throw in at some point. Okay. Yep. All right. What about Olympic trial results? Okay, so the Olympic trial results obviously happened last US week. US Olympic trials. US Olympic trials. Right? Yep. Uh, every so, other country has had its events cancelled, it seems like. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. So for the men, the top three qualifiers were Galen Rupp. I'm, I'm going to get these names wrong, by the way. But Galen Rupp, who ran at 209.20. Jacob Riley, 210.02. And Abdi Abdurrahman, 210.03. Uh, the women... Uh, qualifying times were Alphine Tuliamuk, 227.23, Molly Seidel, 227.31, and Sally Kipiego at 228.52. Interestingly enough, back in the men who we were talking about, Jim Wormsley, yes. uh, finished in 215.05, so he did not qualify, but so, still solid. So Jim Wormsley, the Michael Jordan of ultra running in his first ever marathon, Two hours, 15. Debut marathon, 2.15. Not bad. And that's it. He says he won't do another one. No, He'll but go back to doing hard stuff. Do you know what? Any other marathon, like if he came to Melbourne Marathon, he'd probably win because mm. the, uh, I can't remember, uh, Liam, not Liam Adams, uh, somebody Adams, I think that the first year that I ran it. Gomez? No. 
Go, shut up. I, <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. You son of a bitch. Oh, my God. That's a deep cut as well. There's people under like... Actually, no, they just did the cartoon. So maybe people like oh, yeah. 20 would know who they that is. They would know who he is. Yeah. yeah, no, not Gomez Adams. No. But yeah, I think uh, he ran it in... I know it wasn't something Adams. It was Liam something. Ah, it doesn't matter. He ran it in about 214 or 215. Some guy did something. Some guy did something somewhere in some country. So in America, in the men's 210, we've been talking about that. That was the number. You needed to do 210 to even have a sniff at qualifying. And it looks like from... sniff at qualifying? Even have a sniff at qualifying. So it looks like a couple of... Quite a few men actually ran the 210 time, but they only take the top three. Yeah. Whereas for women, going under 230 was what you needed to do. And And... all the top three did a 227 or a 228. Yeah. yeah. So the second place runner there, Molly Seidel in the women, yeah. that was also her first ever marathon. That's crazy. So it was Jim's first ever marathon, but it was also Molly's first ever marathon. So her second marathon ever will be, hopefully, at the Tokyo Olympics in a couple of months. Hopefully. I don't, to be honest, with everything going on, necessarily see that that's going to happen. Yeah, I'd, I'd book the flexi ticket, Molly, if I was you. Yeah, indeed. I'm not sure. But, indeed. Yeah. But that's that's really astonishing. Like, I think the performance, it was amazing how many men ran a 210. Like, Jim ran a 215 and he was 22nd, he was 22nd. out of the men. How crazy that's is just that? That's just really consistent. And the, and the men were all within seconds of each other, so they must have just been coming across that yeah. line. Yeah. Like, it would have been like watching a... Because re- like, you know when you're at a, a marathon, a regular yeah. marathon, and you see the elites come and then nobody comes for like five minutes. Yep. This would have been like a regular mid-pack finish where like everybody's finishing right after another. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, well done to the US for qualifying for the Olympics that may not happen. And now let's take a small interlude whilst we're talking about the Olympics. We're going to uh, step back onto Vaporfly Island. Oh, yeah. Nike just threw down the gauntlet at the US trials, basically saying, oh, you're worried that people don't have access to our shoes? Everyone who's competing in the US Olympics trials, pop by our place, get a free pair of Vaporflies. Yep. And, but you know what? you know what the funny thing about that is? You know what all the athletes have started doing that have gotten these Alpha Flies? They're fucking selling them on eBay. Yes. Like, that's awesome. I know. So they've gone, it's not about actually, I I know I could probably run fast in these, but I could also flip them for 270 bucks. I would do that. Yeah. But, and and, then now you know what? Now you know, now that they're available for the public, Hmm. are they now able to be used in... Because Brooks just released oh, the Hyperion. Uh, the Hyperion Elite, Elite yeah. has been released just in time, so it will now meet. They are the, hideous. Oh no, the Hokas. The Hokas. Are, those are hideous. They are thick at the back. They look like the 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 the, the, the Nike Vaporflies have that little uh, the kicker, kick the little thing, the little sharp thing yeah. at the end. But these things look like fucking dinosaur feet. It's like they've taken half a tennis ball and chucked it on the back of it. Yeah. And I think the whole thing is it's meant to. If you're a heel striker, it really rocks you into it. Yeah. and Flips you forward. But that is like a big bubble bubble on the back of the shoe. It is an ugly ass shoe. The yeah. back end of the shoe is about half the length of the entire shoe. The Brooks shoe actually looks kind of normal compared look, yeah. to the wedge of the Vaporfly and the yeah. Alpha Fly, and compared to this back end of the Hoka. Yeah. yeah. The Brooks one looks kind of normal to the be The Brooks honest. just looks like the Vaporfly without the wedge. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Except the, the Brooks, it seems like the longevity of the Brooks is really low. Like, I'm, I've been hearing 50 to 100 kilometers. Yeah, but you know what? That's, I mean, yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. And it must be something to do with the construction because even the Vaporflies don't have, I mean, vapor people are saying 150, 200 kilometers and they're done. Yeah. If that. Which is incredible. Like, that's yeah. not a lot Like, I'm time. not paying $300 for a shoe that's going to last me a race. Yes. Like, you'd never train in them. 
which mm. is which is interesting because why would you not want to train in the shoe that you're going to wear for the race? But with the vapor flies, it's like you can't. No, but there's also this concept of I guess do you need to break it in if your feet are so mangled from being a marathon runner yeah. anyway? Like how it much does, are you does, really going to break them in? That's like a good point. Everything from the ankle down is callous and dead. at that point. Yeah. yeah. But no, Nike, um, the no publicity uh, is bad publicity. The best publicity is any publicity at all exactly. if you're Nike. So, yep, there was just photos of them sitting there, little booth at the Olympic trials, just piles of these alpha flies. Which is nuts. Just handing them out to anyone, which is, you know, the best defense is a good offense, I guess. I reckon. If you say you can't get our shoe, take a free pair of our shoes, take please. Take a free thing. doesn't matter if you were sponsored by Adidas, Brooks, whatever everyone was eligible to walk in there and get a free pair of the Nikes, which I just love. It's a bit of an F you to everyone that's pushing back on it. Well, you know what? I, I reckon, uh, you know, they were bound to do something crazy, and yeah. I'm trying to find on eBay, but it won't show me because it's mm. the Australian eBay. They were bound to do something, because I, if I'm the Nike CEO or whatever mm. the shit, I'm like, do you know what, guys? Shut up. Like, <laughs> it's not, I know I'm saying this again, but it's like, it's not the shoe. Like, it's mm. it's just one version of a constructed shoe. Like, mm. and you're certainly not going to run a two-hour marathon with because of a shoe. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think good I think good for you, Nike. Rock on. Well done, Nike. Take it to them. Indeed. And that's it for Vaporfly. Indeed. The ban is back. All right. Did you want to talk about coronavirus or do you want to talk about a special topic? Oh, let's leave coronavirus for last. What's the special topic? Spe- this is a surprise topic from you. Surprise topic from me. Surprise. So when you went trail running with Isabel Ross, yeah, you got into a discussion with her about what type of peanut butter you like. Yeah. And you and her both came down on the side of crunchy, which was... The only one that matters. Which was brought into very sharp relief when you came and helped me do the Backyard Ultra, and I brought smooth. You know, I, I did take a picture of myself... Did you notice that there was there would have been a, a small spoonful taken yes. out of it? Yeah, no, I, I'm glad it was a spoon um, that was went it? in. And was it? I really hope it was. But so we've been going back and forth, and you know, talking about the merits. And I'll be honest, over the last couple of weeks, I've not been hating smooth peanut butter. I've been having smooth peanut butter on like a crunchy grain bread, and it's quite nice because I feel like I can get the crunch of the grain and still enjoy the flavor of the peanut butter quite a bit. But imagine the crunch of both. Well, and that's what I want to talk about. Oh. Kraft has been prototyping the jewel jar where you can get both crunchy and smooth peanut butter oh, what? in one jar. That's not possible. And when you hear me talk about that, you're probably thinking that you would have a normal jar of peanut butter, which you would unscrew the top of. Yeah. And then inside it, they'd be sort of mixed together like a yin and yang. That's what I imagine. This is a jar that is proposed to open at either end. So if you open at one end, you can get the crunchy peanut butter. If you open at the other end, you can get the smooth. And what we're trying to understand, do they meet in the middle? In the middle. Is there a separator? Well, exactly. Is there a separator between the crunchy and smooth? Or do they pipe the crunchy and smooth in from both ends? And then you're going to have this glorious middle bit where you've got smooth and crunchy symbiotically mashing together in like a, a peanut butter oozy goodness that i think is going to be nirvana for trail runners yeah needing something at like the 50k mark i reckon i mean I, 
I don't know. I think I would have to buy one of these jars just to just to. You can't get them yet, so they're because they're 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 like the alpha flies. Yeah, they're seeking interest. They're prototype. Yeah. you know, influencers are going to get access to them. <laughs> to be honest, that's why I'm mentioning this, just so that someone from Craft might listen to this and you know flick us a sample or something. We're up for new sponsors all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've been spending a lot of time in, on the peanut butter corner over yeah. the last week or so, really checking this out. That's crazy. See, that's that's a mind blow to me because. Yeah. Like it's fu- like why would how have we not thought of that before? Yeah, it's brilliant because it's like the 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 debate about uh, crunchy versus smooth has been going on since literally the dawn of man. Yeah. Like you know when when the cavemen first emerged, yeah. the first words that they said to each other was mm, peanut butter, smooth or crunchy. I mean, it's age old. That's proven. That's like, science. Absolutely. That was pounded into the fucking cave walls. The first time someone took peanuts and mashed them a bit too far. It caused a problem. Indeed. Someone said yes and someone said no. And that's where the first Ice Age came from. And I think I remember at like every single ultra running, what food are you going to take, recovery food, peanut butter is mentioned again and again. So you must have a position. Yeah. You know, you have to be one or the other. I've traditionally been crunchy. Indeed. I'm coming back to smooth, but I'm loving the idea of the jewel jar. I, 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hmm. I sometimes go a little bit crazy and buy the extra crunchy. The super crunch, yeah, yeah. The green, the one with the yeah. green logo. Yeah. You've got to really be. Like, you you got to like. Got to know crunch. what you're committing to. It Even that's a little bit too intense for me. But I, you yeah. know, when I'm feeling frisky. Do you do peanut butter and jelly? Uh, you know, as a kid, I did. Yeah. Uh, but not so much anymore. It's funny. I have a jar of grape jam in my fridge. Because peanut butter and jelly in America is normally grape jelly, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the that's the that's yeah that's the go to. That's yeah. um. I mean. It, peanut butter and strawberry jelly, very good. Yep. But peanut butter and strawberry jelly... Because we don't really do jelly here in Australia, do we? No, we, we do jams. You do jams, preserves. yeah. And, and what I have in my fridge is actually Smucker's jelly. Right. But I say jam because that's what everybody... Because if yeah. I say jelly here, they think jello. Well, jelly, fruit jelly is fruit juice made, whereas jam is like made with the flesh of the fruit. Yeah. And we don't really do fruit juice made here in Australia, we just no, do... You just do the, the, the normal fruit. The normal stuff, yeah, yeah. A preserve or a jam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's... We just you know, process the hell out of everything. In I love peanut butter and jam slash jelly. Indeed, I yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah. I haven't had it in so long. I used to love it with a glass of milk. Everything oh, with a glass of milk. Yeah, true. America. Mm. Cool. So, um, yep, that's the, uh, if you're an ultra runner and you've been sitting on that fence with what type of peanut butter you want, hopefully Kraft will be able to solve that for us in the near Soon future. Soon you'll have a, 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 an end game. Yeah. Indeed. And shout out to the No Dunks podcast on The Athletic for leading the way on that because they really gave us everything we needed to know. I would never have known about that if I hadn't been listening to their podcast. Yeah, so. No Dunks. All right, got to start listening to that. Mm. No Dunks? No Dunks. What's it about? It's a basketball podcast. I won't listen to that. goes off on some weird tangents. Like they make like us look straight and narrow. You really? Okay, oh, I definitely yeah. have to listen. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Now. Yeah. Let's talk about what's happening in coronavirus. God in heaven. Because, to be honest, there's not much else happening in the world. We'd no. Hopefully you've enjoyed the last however long that was as a nice little distraction because right now the world could be on flames outside our, this room that we're stuck in. Indeed. Who knows what's going on? We, we're not going to leave the house yeah. ever again. Where so. are we up to? Okay. So, first off, in the running world... A couple of more marathons have been canceled or postponed. So I think uh, Paris Paris has been postponed. Jerusalem has been postponed. Seoul has been canceled. Rome, Rome has, has been, been canceled. Can- Rome has been canceled because Italy's in a whole bunch of trouble yeah. right now, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, it's not gone well there. No. No, no, no. no. They're um, having a problem. Paris has been delayed to October, and that sucks for Breaking the Barrier member 
Kathleen Lambert. We yeah. are so sorry to have heard about that this week, yeah, Kathleen, we if you're listening. We're, we're, you might even be headed there, because that was going to be... In the next week or so. In the next so, week, so you think, yeah. might already be heading there. Or... It was April. I think it was oh, April, it was April, yeah. It was April 5th. Okay, so hopefully, yeah, yeah hopefully you can so, figure that out. Yeah, hopefully, Kathleen, all that training you've done, you can put that to use in another race or something. I mean, it's yeah. April. There'll, there'll be another marathon in the States where Kathleen, I think, is from, so hopefully... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like the, the second I read that, I went, oh, why does that? Oh, that's why that feels familiar. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, because they, they canceled the Paris half marathon yes. a couple of weeks ago. So I guess it was only a matter of time, mm. um, which is a real big. Yeah. And then uh, there's this now thing for which which marathon was it? So the, the what's also happening is so L.A. Is yeah, the L.A. marathon. L.A. has asked runners in the L.A. marathon. So stupid. To stay six feet away from each other. So if you're in the LA Marathon and you're lining up in the corral to start and then you're out on the course, if you could try and stay six feet or two meters away from every other person, that'd be just awesome. Give you you an idea. Uh, Those of you who have run a marathon know that six feet away from the next person next to you especially in the beginning corral, is oh. pretty impossible. Sometimes you could wear the same pair of shorts as the person in front of you. You're that close yeah, in the corral. That exactly, you're exactly. Yeah. And for the first like 5K of that race, it is not possible to be six feet away from... For those of you who have never been in a marathon yeah. race, think about crowded subway or crowded public transport. That's what the f- corral is like. And to be six feet away from anybody... If it, if it were physically possible, you would have to open up that corral double to triple the size. Well, they, they've done the calculations. So there's uh, – I went deep, knowing that maths is the strong point for us on this podcast. Indeed. I went to popularmechanics.com, mm. and they've actually modeled this. And it the, the article was like, how feasible would it be? And I was like, okay, this seems like a fun article. I'll start reading that. Yep. There was maths in there. I know. They had this, graphs they in They had that graphs article. and stuff. It's pretty was, yeah. epic. So they reckon the LA Marathon will have 20,000 runners. Yep. The start corral, if everyone is going to have to be six feet away from each other, is going to be 3.77 miles. Jesus. Or over That's five, over five kilometers, kilometers long. Oh, shit, so if you're at the back of the corral, you have to do a five kilometer walk to get to the start yeah. of your marathon and then do the 42Ks. It's like such a stupid... Like- the- what is going on in the How minds How do you of- overtake? I just don't... Get- you don't. You don't you- overtake. You're running into the... Yeah. Roads that aren't closed or into buildings. I'm like, what is going on in the people's heads that actually put this statement out? Like, are you crazy? To put this in comparison, if this was actually enforced, each runner would take up an amount of space normally reserved for 40 to 50 runners. That's crazy. It's impossible. It's not. It's just not going to work. It's like, are you not? Like, why? You might as well not say anything or just cancel the damn thing rather than say something stupid like this. Yep. Sorry, but this is, that's dumb. And also six feet away from somebody. Let's not forget that this virus mm. is, you know, airborne. Six yeah. feet doesn't matter. Like you yeah. sneeze on somebody six feet away, they're going to feel it. Like, mm. shut up. Yeah. So with 20,000 or so runners, LA officials have said less, basically half a percent of people that have registered for the LA Marathon this year are from a country that has been do not travel advisory. Okay. It's not that they have coronavirus, it's that they Just, their nationality is that they are from yeah. a country that has this. Yeah. So what you're saying is that there is a 99.95% 99.95% yeah, chance that the people in the race are not from a country that have do not travel anyway, then you'd have to have that half a percent be from the country and have the virus mm. 
Not even a half percent, uh, 0.05 right. of a percent. So it's an incredibly low risk that yeah. LA is doing with this. Yeah. And that's probably why they're continuing to go with the race. But this, like, what happens if during the event someone steps into someone else's six foot zone and then there's a Barney? Yeah. Are they disqualified? Yeah, or they fight about it, or, I know. or and someone gets stuck after That's the thing. And there's like, that's, that, that's mm. the thing. A statement like this increases mm. animosity that doesn't fucking need to be there. Like, yeah. you know, if, I, if I'm uh, somebody who panics or mm. like, like a like a survivalist or whatever the shit, mm. and I hear this, and somebody gets into my six foot thing, mm. I'm gonna go crazy. Like it's yeah, fucking mm. people are rioting over supplies at the moment. Like I don't need this to add on to my stress. Not mine, mm. but if I'm a survivalist, like it's so stupid. Like it's just a prime example of the media saying stupid shit to just make everybody panic. Yeah. Anyway, there's that. There is that. I mean, it's. It is, I mean, it is hard for people in positions of authority to give advice right now. Yeah, like I mean... Di- the different levels of information and the control... It's, it's tough, and they don't know, and it is a dangerous thing. Look, I'm not saying... and Neither Zach and I are saying that this no. is not something... If, if you are a runner, you need to be aware. Runners are six times more likely to get ill with a respiratory infection than people who don't race. Indeed, and so, especially during a race, your immune system is dropping when you are at the high end of training and or in a post-race situation then you are more vulnerable to infection as runners if you mm. are training for an event or going to a big event like something you do need to be a little bit more aware of this yeah. than the average person that's it and you do need to be smart like because this thing is real right it is yeah. real obviously i think that it's being blown out of proportion a little bit mm. with stupid statements like this. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you guys, you need to be careful. If you're experiencing flu symptoms, yeah. don't goddamn go out. Don't go to a race. Don't go to a place where there's a lot of people. There's a There was a thing in Turak uh, here in Victoria. Yes. There was a doctor who had like flu-like symptoms and he went to his practice and he started treating people. And like a bunch of those people, and it was coronavirus. Yeah. They, I mean, that's like, that's really close. Yes. And I'm like, are you, that practice has now been closed for at least a temporary thing. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, if this is going on and you're not smart enough to stay home. This is a doctor. This is a doctor. Yeah. Like, use your heads. Yeah. Do you know? I was reading, like, in America, most GPs are now treating people over the phone. Yeah. Like, they're saying, if you've got something that doesn't require me to actually examine you, let's have a conversation yeah. over the phone, explain your symptoms and everything. You know, I can talk about what's doing. Here in Australia, pharmacists are asking for rights to issue medication now without uh, a doctor's certificate. The yeah. whole idea being that if it's something basic and something simple, don't go to a doctor's office, sit in a waiting room, be it more at risk. Yeah. Just go to your pharmacy and avoid that altogether. That's There's it. a whole bunch of different controls and things that people are trying to do. Yeah. I know that the blood donation service here in Australia has just put a 28-day embargo on about 11 countries. Mm. So that's more than the six do-not-travel countries that are currently out there. They've done it for more than that. There's a whole... Like, my my company previously had put out a control which talked about 20 different countries. Mm. That created a whole bunch of panic because people in my work were saying, but the government is saying one thing. Why are you saying another thing? And we had to adjust our control to mm. align it with the government because we were trying to be more conservative, but by yeah. being more conservative, we were actually driving a bit of panic. Yeah. So and that's is... the problem. There's so many different stories going on that nobody knows what to believe, and that's that's where that panic is. Exactly. Um, it's actually, there was an article uh, recently in The Age that talked about what it was like to be self-isolated mm. in Australia. A young lady who had been overseas and was on a plane realized uh, she, she felt... She realized that a person on the plane had had 
COVID-19. Yeah. But then she realized she'd been sitting really close to them. And so she reported it and she was asked, she was asked initially to self-isolate at home. Yeah. But then after a couple of days, she was contacted and told, you must now remain at home mm. and you could go to jail if you don't stay at home. And yeah, so wow. she had to completely flip her life around, start getting food delivered, you know, working out what to do with all this spare time she suddenly had at home. It's something, which is, it's a really interesting article and we might put it in the show notes as well so you can read it. Yep. But she was just like, it was amazing how quickly it went from not being fun to being really, really controlling. Yeah. Like, oh, I can just have a staycation home and do nothing. And then after a couple of days, the walls feel a little bit closer. Yeah. You know, the world outside your front door feels weird. She'd get something delivered and the, she'd have to tell the person who was delivering her the food or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's how that... Uh, what's what's it called when you can't leave... Is it agoraphobia when you can't leave the... Agoraphobia. Agri- yeah. yeah. When you can't leave the thing. That's how that stuff gets started. Yeah. <laughs> so, jeez. Because you start you start becoming paranoid about not only yourself, but now others. Correct. Again, that's an extreme. It's probably not going to happen, but, you know. But the way it works, the, the, the others feeding others, yeah. that's a real problem that drives a whole bunch of bad behavior in society. Yeah. That feels like it might be time for us to bring in the soapbox. Oh, okay. Because Andrew wanted to have a chat or something. Brendan's not here doing research corner because he's on the forklift. Bring it in, Brendan. Back her <laughs> in. Back it in right there. would be good. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Oh, my soapbox. It's been a while. Okay, up you come. So for those of you who don't know, here in Australia at the moment, now it's funny, I was talking to my mom this morning on the phone. This is not a problem in the States at all. Really? Nothing. This is is astonishing to me that this is an Australian thing. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if you have not gone to the supermarkets in the past few days or have been living under a rock, you don't know what I'm about to tell you. The supermarkets right now in at least Victoria and our vicinity do not have any toilet paper, do not have any tissues, do not have any sanitizing wipes, anything. Nappies. Nappies. Uh, feminine hygiene products pretty much gone. Uh, now all of a sudden pasta too. Pasta and rice is pasta gone. Pasta and rice is gone. So flour is gone. Flour is gone. People who have never baked before are suddenly baking I shit. know. Like people who have apparently never washed their hands before are now washing their hands yep. because you can't find hand wash. Mm. But the thing is what's happening is they're all stockpiling on this stuff and the people that actually goddamn need it mm. can't now get it. I'm talking about I'm not talking about, you know, myself who just like would like to have this stuff, but I'm talking about elderly people. I'm talking about people who are, you know, maybe incontinent, that sort of thing that actually need this stuff can't now find it because everybody's like, "Oh my god, coronavirus." I get where it's coming from. And it's actually funny because uh, Andy gave me a book the other day. uh, called Which you've used for toilet paper now. You've ripped the pages out of (laughs) it. Sorry, Andy. Uh, It's called Station Eleven. And ironically enough, it's about, uh, it opens up, you know, in this production of King Lear. And and all of a sudden, this uh, protagonist character, he, you know, he sees all these people, uh, he hears all about people getting sick and Mm. people dying. And it's because of this outbreak of the Georgia flu. Right. And, you know, he starts looting. Well, he's not looting, but he's shopping and he's starting to stop pile up in case he can't leave his house. And so I get it. Like, because my first reaction was this thing is uh, something that attacks the respiratory system. Why the hell are we stockpiling toilet paper? But now I guess it's because people think they're not going to be able to leave the house. But guess what, folks? It's not there yet. You don't. I mean, look, I'm not saying that it won't get there. But God damn, mm. there was somebody who was knifed the other day about toilet paper. There was a guy in Queensland who was tasered by police and arrested because he was trying to 
take more toilet yeah, paper like, than well. Are you for goddamn pe- kidding me? For people in America, we're not joking. There is no toilet no paper. No toilet paper. Like, Absolutely. It's actually a bit of a tradition now. Every time you go to the shops or to the supermarket, you take a walk down the toilet paper aisle just to check. That's what I was doing. That, yeah. I, I did that the other day just because I was curious to see if there really wasn't any. I was yeah. like, holy shit. There's nothing. There's really nothing on these shelves. My wife was talking to the local supermarket on Thursday and they were like, yeah, the stuff we had out the back that was meant to last us until Saturday night is out and gone already. Yeah. And it's really weird because here in Australia, yes, we do import toilet paper, but we also have like two major manufacturers in Australia who make and package toilet paper here. Yeah. They're running 24-7 at the moment. Exactly. And they're about to make some bank. Yeah, seriously. Exactly. Supply and demand. Oh, invest in toilet paper shares right now. That's true. Like Coles and Woolworths have actually issued statements uh, in the past couple of days that, you know, these companies are going 24-7, but right now, they're putting a limit on how many, how much toilet paper you can buy, yep. uh, and they have taken into account, you know, families that have like, uh, like six to eight people in there, yep. and they're like, even with this amount, you could last like twelve, you know, like a few weeks or something. Yeah, I saw on Facebook, Harry was like, "Hey, can anyone help?" Like Harry was like, "Seriously, I've got like four rolls left. Yeah. Can you help?" And Bobby was like, "Well, that'll last you four weeks." Bobby, you're on your own. Yeah. Harry's got quite a big. And he's family. got a big family. Yeah. So yeah. So Coles and Woolworths are limiting it, but the I mean I, I don't know how you average the amount of toilet people toilet people toilet yeah. the paper people use, but they're like this amount sh- for this amount of people should take you this long. Yeah. Um, I want more. Like average height of a male in Australia is five foot ten, mm. sixty odd kilos. I'm a bit bigger than that. Mm. It's proportional. Yeah. I need more than the six square allocation. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Awesome image. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's like you hear about this and you're like, oh, surely there's some left. But no, you go to the store and it's empty. There is none. And it's like paper towel is going, tissues are going, people are looking at different options. They're just like, it's just, and I'm just like, people, what the fuck? And it came out of like nowhere. Like three or four days ago, all of a sudden I'm seeing these uh, memes on Facebook about, yeah. like there was this thing on the Spartan page, which was actually really gross, but it was like this kid whose hands were covered in mud. Yes. But the caption of the picture was, you don't have toilet paper, but you're a Spartan. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Because <laughs> yeah. you know what the mud was representing. Yes. But I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm searching more and more stuff. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's no toilet paper. And it becomes this thing where if you do see toilet paper, you're like, this is the first time I've seen toilet paper in a week. Yeah. I better buy a bit. And now I'm but stockpiling. Yeah. But, but then, yeah. like, because if... I don't know. I feel like if I saw toilet paper, I'd not buy it just because I didn't want to look like a dick. Right. Because people would... I mean, not that it matters whether people think of you, but if, like, I'm buying toilet paper, people are thinking, oh, he's looking... Well, firstly, you might get rolled for it. That's, that good. Option, you <laughs> That's know? a good point, yeah. So, how did um, you get mugged? I don't know. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter. I had a three-ply sorbent, and <laughs> next thing you know, they called me money bags <laughs> and <laughs> pushed me over and... Boom. Yeah. Done. Um, yeah, and I had my mom on the phone this morning. She's like, okay, Andrew, if you, if you need toilet paper... <laughs> I'll send you some. <laughs> I'm like, just don't say that on this line because yeah. people might be listening. You know, I'll get fucking robbed. But, geez, man. Like, yeah. I, it's this kind of mentality. It's this hoarding mentality that this is where bad stuff starts because all of a sudden people are first, you know, concerned about this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Then they're panicking about the coronavirus. And then what happens is they're, they start hoarding. Yep. And now people are not only panicking about the coronavirus, they're panicking about the supplies that they cannot get during this, uh, you know, during this epidemic, during this pandemic or whatever. And now all of a sudden you're creating this panicked frenzy about not just a virus, but 
about, you know, living supplies and food and toilet paper and all this stuff. And that's where that animosity comes from. And that's where the knives come out, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like knives. People, people for, are pulling knives. Fucking toilet paper, <laughs> like Jesus H. Fuck. I don't know if you've ever seen Demolition Man, but I feel like this is the we point. We need the three seashells. Yeah, this is yeah. the point in history where the three seashells come into well, play. Well, it's really funny. Bidet, as a search term on Google in Australia, is up a thousand percent. Plumbers are saying that they're getting more interest now for bidets yeah. than at any point, and so that is massive right now. Which is, you know, kind of makes a bit of sense. It makes sense, you know. We've been living in the toilet paper dark ages in Australia for about Which, 50 years it, now. When you, when you hear them explain it on Demolition Man, it is kind of a weird... It's kind of... Not to get too graphic, yeah. but it is kind of a weird thing yes. to do. There's got to be a more efficient and cleaner way to do it. But, yeah. I really want to watch Demolition Man now. That's a great... It's yeah. a great flick. We should watch that and do a commentary on it. Oh, you know what? We'll add that for Daryl's 18 hour. Done. Done. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's just... I'm so... I... Th- yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm just like, it's just, it's, it's selfish. It's greedy. It's, you know, it plays into a big panicky movement that we don't need to be playing into right now. And, um, you know, it. just think about the people that actually need this stuff for a little while before you, you know, take a van full of <laughs> fucking toilet paper or pasta or something like, God damn. I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say. It's, it, it is really. And so they're going after toilet paper. They're going after tissues. They're going after sanitary products. They're going mm. after pasta. They're going after rice. They're yeah. going after canned food. The thing they're not going after, you walk down the health food aisle. The, yeah. All the energy bars, all the protein bars, all the stuff that you would actually need to survive. That's all there. Is all there. And all the cold and flu medicine. Cold also and flu medicine st- is fine. It's also still there. So it's really interesting what they're buying and what they're not buying. Meanwhile, yeah. the real survivalists are sitting there going, we're packing seeds and diesel fuel yeah. and solar generators. Like and if this shit goes bad, you're not going to be fine if you've got, you know, six rolls of toilet paper. No, I'm watching The Walking Dead and figuring mm. out what I need to be doing. Yeah. Like I'm getting my crossbow. I'm going to go... St- I'm gonna go get styles and take my horse yeah. i'm gonna empty out the car and turn that shit into a little home mm. but come on you know the other reason why people aren't buying energy bars from the supermarket because they're expensive because they know that the real energy bar you want is generation you can oh that's a good point the smarter energy nutrition that is powered by super starch a slow release <laughs> complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good even through the COVID-19 crisis. That's right. It will keep your energy levels soaring, and especially during a race when your energy is going to be lacking and maybe your immune system is going to be failing, you're going to need something like Generation You Can. And as luck would have it, for the Breaking the Barrier listeners, Generation You Can is offering a 15% discount on your first order. So all you have to do is go to generationyoucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your order. That's Generation You Can, the best choice for steady energy during a virus outbreak. Boom. You know, I think people are actually listening now to the podcast to see how we can segue into our sponsor mm. uh, sponsor shout-outs. Yeah. Because that was interesting to me. I didn't see that coming. Do you want me to do another one? I'd love to. What was that book you mentioned, then? Station Eleven. Do you know what? If you want to get Station Eleven on Audible, <laughs> listeners of the Breaking the Barrier <laughs> podcast can get a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial. You don't say. So if you want to listen to Station Eleven, go check out their service. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from, and you can find books on any subject at www.audibletrial.com 
forward slash breaking the barrier. Claim your free audiobook, get your 30 day trial. You're going to need 14 days just to get through the quarantine anyway. Indeed. Check out Station Eleven. Maybe check out The Stand by Stephen King. Hey. That's also about a virus there outbreak. You go. There's at least seven or eight days there. Contagion or Contagion, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, there's a Batman series about where a virus outbreaks as well. So uh, you'll probably yeah. get that too. Funnily enough, um, wait, is it funny? Well, it's a lot of death. No, I mean, not that part. Funny haha or funny peculiar? Funny peculiar. Okay. I was... No, it's not. It has nothing to do with that. Whilst you were thinking then, you were just touching your face so much, which is the first thing they tell us not to do now. Yeah, well, now I'm going to touch everybody else that I come in contact with. That was brought to you by (laughs) audible.com forward slash breaking the barrier. (laughs) That was lots of fun. Yeah. So that's our coronavirus corner today. COVID corner. COVID corner. Oh, that's a much better ring. Excellent. Um, So I think that's all we had to talk about this week. Indeed. Uh, So this will be episode 74. 74. So next week, episode 75 is our big listener episode. What have you learned from the Breaking the Barrier podcast in the last 75 episodes? Now, lots of you have put out great stuff. We'll go back through the Facebooks. We'll pull out a whole bunch of things that we haven't talked about before. But you've got probably another week or so to finally enter the Generation You Can competition where if you've learned something from any of our episodes, just put it up on Instagram, Facebook, tag Generation You Can AU, tag Breaking the Barrier, and hashtag Breaking the Barrier so that we can find it in the filters. If you do that, we'll be able to draw live, well, live for us, not for you, exactly. you'll hear it afterwards, live the winners of the competition who will get a sample pack and bars and all that sort of stuff. That's right. Remember, it's for Australian residents only. So one winner will receive a sample pack, which has a whole bunch of great stuff, the snack bars, some of the powders uh, that you can sample pretty much everything and see what works for you. And another two winners will receive a box of Generation You Can snack bars, which are great for races. I think I use the snack bars myself, basically half a bar before a big race and then half a bar every 10K or so. Yep. Nice. So that's it for episode 74, which I'm calling the worldwide wrap-up. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, we hope that you got some great information about that, and we hope that you don't go out and start hoarding, because there's nothing out there to start hoarding any damn way, so it really doesn't matter. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where Zach and I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next time.